And we are live for the 14th episode of the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. I'm your host, Matt, Luz, Luigi, and do the Yankees still play baseball? I don't know. I, I feel like um, they, they have. I the remember last time I watched the Yankees game. It's been a while. Um, yeah, so the Yankees, uh, a lot of rainouts, a lot of rain across the country this week, specifically in the Northeast. Still cold, even though it's uh, the middle of April. So, not a lot of uh, not a lot of things to talk about, really, in terms of Yankees baseball of the weekend. But we haven't had a show all week, so we'll have plenty to talk about. And I'm here today with Alex, and Alex is also in the Northeast, suffering through the terrible weather. Oh, it's it's just lovely up here right now. About 30, 35 degrees, with freezing rain and sleet everywhere. Interesting. Yeah, that perfect, is uh, perfect baseball conditions right now. Mm-hmm, just great baseball weather. Um, yeah, so like I said, we haven't had an episode since last week at this time. So a lot has happened since then. So we're kind of almost good timing because if we did a show Thursday, we would probably have nothing to talk about today because there's only been <laughs> one baseball game. We'd probably be breaking down uh, rain patterns and weather radar. <laughs> be yeah, the, so, uh, the weatherman edition of the podcast. Yeah. So um, we're gonna talk. We're gonna be talking about the one game between the Yankees and Tigers that was played on Friday night, which resulted in the Yankees' victory. We'll talk a little bit about the Yankees Red Sox series and the brawl that ensued, and the terrible some of the terrible baseball that also ensued from the Yankees in that series. And uh, there's a certain prospect that may be a few days away from making his MLB debut. Um, if you don't know who that is yet, you should probably hit pause. No, I'm just kidding. Flavio <laughs> Torres will be talked about and what. What we think of uh, what what we think his path should be over the next week, but let's start it off with talking about Aaron Hicks, who it wasn't his first game back Friday night, but it was his coming out party. He had a big game, two home runs, one only one left the yard, but both probably should have. Both were just bombs, and I think he kind of uh, reassured, uh, cemented that thought in our minds and all Yankee fans minds that he's very valuable to this team. And he was one of the few starters we were missing uh, to start the se- or in the beginning of the season, not just Greg bird. Um, Aaron Hicks is a variable valuable, valuable guy to this team. So yeah, Alex, uh, what do you think about Hicksy's performance on Friday night? Oh, I thought it was pretty great. Um, I just, the, the first, the first home run, the inside of the Parker, that was just such an exciting thing to see happen. Um, and then, Thing in between, in between the two home runs, he walked, and then he hit the other one, which went a good, you know, 15, 20 rows back in the right field seats. But um, Hicks just overall, he brings a lot more to the team, and he's so valuable. And a lot of people don't see that because a lot of his value comes from his defense. But even offensively, he was he was you know he was hitting two ninety with ten homers before he went on the DL. I think for the first time last year. And then once he came back, he wasn't as good offensively, and I think that's why a lot of people kind of second-guessed him and weren't sure whether he would be that good this year. But so far, in, in that game alone, he showed that he he can be a star. Yeah, and yeah, the injury last year, I mean, he's had a lot of injuries with his obliques, but he, he's always really just had injury problems. And even the beginning of this year, I, I don't think he was really that hurt. He even said that he was ready to go after – a couple days, but they, they just wanted to be cautious with them, which is completely understandable. Yeah. It was more of a precaution because, mm-hmm. um, intercostal that Especially came with all the other, uh, injuries that. Yeah. Occurring at yeah. Time. Like, look, we don't uh, just sit down for a week. Yeah. At that point, the Yankees had a lot of outfielders and then, uh, exactly. Know, and they all got hurt, but, and, or no, but at, at this point, at this point in the season, if you have an injury, that's going to keep you out for two weeks or so. It does. It's not a big deal because it's so early on. If this happened in, you know, August or September, maybe they would have just benched him for a few days, see how he felt after that, um, and then evaluated. But now they, you know, they'll just put him on the DL, let him ride out the injury, just however long it lasts, and then bring him back. Right, right. So other notes about that one-game series in Detroit. Um, Jordan Montgomery looked incredible through four innings that night. He was just 
dominant getting guys out. I mean, that curveball, he got a few guys out with that curveball that bounced up. It seemed it went only 55 feet, but that, that thing was just nasty. And his final line, you know, six innings, five hits, three runs, four strikeouts. Um, only 91 pitches, though. It's a good good mar- margin for Montgomery. He's usually uh, at 91 through five innings, it seems like, more often than not. So I like him being 91 pitches into the seventh inning. Um, and then, you know, so Montgomery, he looked good. Okay, that's check mark there but when we go to the bullpen and d look d rob i know he gave up a couple hits but one of those was an infield hit and i don't think the other one was exactly a rip either so he got you know he did his job got out of it he let the run come in but it wasn't one of his earned runs so okay d rob did his job but then there's this uh six foot eight relief pitcher that is in the Yankees bullpen and uh his name is dylan batantis Look, I'm, I'll be frank with you. I was not watching this game live. I did watch the condensed highlights, but the first thing I saw when I looked at the box where I said, how is Dylan Batances even allowed to give up five hits? Like how, after Batances gives up three or four hits. You know, he does. You know, he does. Yeah. He usually doesn't give up like, a, just think of it this way. Oh, Batances, when he's dominating, even when Batances is struggling, shit. He's over eight appearances, he'll only probably give up four or five hits. The walks are the thing that screws him over. Mm-hmm. Batances you know, could literally give up a run allowing one hit and four, or give up three runs allowing one hit. Like he, that's blew a game. Com- he blew a game last year yeah, against the yeah. Jays where he walked four yeah, consecutive my, my guys. Mom was at, my mom was at that game, yeah. It was oh. like, yeah, it was like the few days after uh, – I think it was the day after 4th of July. That's when it was. Yeah. And yeah, it's, he's you usually don't see Dellen giving up five hits over two no. thirds innings. And yeah, he just just batting practice out there for the Tigers. And Boone just you know was chilling. And you know Green came <laughs> in, got the strikeout. You know, kept the game intact. And then Chappie struck out the side in the ninth. But it just it just reiterates the fact that man, you know, Green, D. Rob. Chapman, they're all going to be good, but the two guys I think you right now you have to worry about are Batances and Kainley. And, yeah. Ah, uh, Batan, like Batan, it, it really is. It's coming to a point. We're gonna like one of the uh, Yankee early season reactions at the end of the show. We're gonna talk about involves Batances, but yeah, man, it, it's looking really worrying with him mm-hmm. right now. And I think there's one. I saw this on Twitter. I forget from who, but you know, if Batances is like the worst relief pitcher in your bullpen. That's pretty good right but yeah at least one of the worst because you know he's I, I think like he's still above either adam warren or chasing tree but i mean man his era is eight now mm-hmm. i know it's still early in the season but i mean how many ho- he's already given up more home runs this year than he's given up last year i mean he, he's I think at he's the same up- he gave up three okay, okay 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 um but usually he doesn't i mean chances he only, only gives up one or two in a year and the fact that he's mm-hmm. three in the first one it, it's just concerning um, his fastball velocity, I don't have the stats to back this up, but it seems like his fastball velocity isn't where it's usually been. At. I mean, that, that home run he gave up the other night, I think, was 96. Yeah. So so I wrote about this um, the other day, and from like looking at him this season, he looks like he's basically overcorrected his walk problems because at the end of last season, and especially mm-hmm. in, the, uh, in the playoffs – he he was walking so many guys. He had no control of the strike zone. Now he has too much control. You're saying, and now he is too much. He's throwing too many strikes now, which is really weird to say about Dellen. But he's only walked, I think it's three guys this year, which is it's it's not. I think in what six innings, that's not ideal, but that's not like how he was last year, where he walked forty something guys in fifty seven innings. So he's too hittable this year yeah and my, that's, this everyone is, is I, this is something one of my old coaches told me that you know actually my old coach told me that you know when he got to college ball he was a pitcher the coach told him and the first thing he told him was you throw too many strikes and it was he was so confused by this like what do you mean i throw too many strikes but a lot of pitchers yeah when you throw too many strikes or when you're at like tanaka does this a lot too when you're at let's say 50 pitches and 38 pitches are strikes guess what you're not making guys second second guess there's exactly. an 80% chance that, they, that ball is going to be in the zone. They could just sit dead red and yeah. just pack. And they they know they're going to get a pitch to hit, which is Dellen's problem, especially since he only has two pitches. Let's be real. He has his fastball and he has his curveball. And on nights that he doesn't have you know the greatest control of one of those, he doesn't use it. Like we've seen, 
we've seen him only throw curveballs because he'll just throw a fastball and it goes to the backstop. So I don't think I don't really think this was the case on Friday, but he it's it's pretty easy to guess what he's throwing because you have 50-50 chance. And if you look at the home run that uh Candelario hit, he it he was sitting fastball. And when he got that, he just crushed it because that went to the deep, that went to the deepest part of the Tigers' ballpark. Yeah, that was, and it was out was by a, a good amount. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's just he he needs to find a like common ground between where he was last year and where he was this year, and then I think he has a chance to at least somewhat resemble how good he was a few years ago. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to go back to you know having a one four ERA and at fifteen strikeouts per nine, but if he can, you know, if he, he's going to get strikeouts, but if he can have you know ERA th- in the threes, maybe then he'll be he'll be an asset in the Yankees bullpen. But he really needs to like figure out what his problem is, and that he and he can't throw as many strikes because hitters are picking up on everything that he throws. Yeah. Um... I, I really, I really hope he figures it out, but it just really doesn't look promising. Uh, his mm-hmm. his his uh, All Star game streak is in jeopardy. I would say. I oh, think, very much so. <laughs> I think it's actually already done. I think he he could literally not give up a run from now until the All Star break. I still don't think he would get in because I think that ERA would still be like above two. It would be close, yeah. yeah I, but let's talk about the uh, the Boston series very quickly because I know, like you know. The first game was last Tuesday, but and we won't talk about that game a lot because you know I had to recap that game and boy that was an awful game. That fourteen, 14 to one, <sighs> and just got blown out. Um, that was the the night that you know, it really wasn't. I know Sale was on the mound, but wasn't all that big of a blowout in the fifth and sixth inning until mm-hmm. uh, Tommy Canley came in and just. I mean, just Canley destroyed it, and Shreve, yeah. um, he, he put the cherry on top yeah, by giving yeah. up the grand slam to Betts. It really just all these early season implosions from Kane mm-hmm. and from all these different guys. It's just it's disgusting and, and it's look, tiring. I, I, look, it's very tiring. And look, and I'm, I'm I don't want to open like I really didn't want to bring this up because I know how a lot of people feel about this. But there are people out there on Twitter who last year were saying, "Why is Batances blowing up like this?" Why is Chapman blowing up like this? Why is Tanaka blowing up like this? And a lot of those people pointed to Larry Rothschild. And I wasn't one of those people. I, I wasn't. I said, look, look, these guys, you know, they're major league pitchers. The, the pitching staff overall, I, I was very satisfied with. So I, I, yeah. I wasn't one of those guys. But, you know, if this bullpen, like, like I said at the beginning of the year, I thought this bullpen would be top 10 guaranteed. If they're not, I, I might have a few questions. And, you know. Am I am I wrong for having these questions if this bullpen continues to do this throughout the year, Alex? I don't th- no. No. Yeah. If the bullpen continues to be this awful throughout the year, then there's a legitimate problem. But I we're 14 games in. You oh, know, absolutely. it's like it's it's but, it's but still see, way too early to make bullpen's judgments. a lot different though, because you know, four yeah, we're 14 games in, but if you consider that each guy, Green, Chapman, Batanzas, mm-hmm. is going to get, let's say, 50, 60 appearances. You know, so when they've already had, let's say, five, six appearances, you know, and two or three of them are bad, you know, like, for example, D-Rob gave up four runs for the Yankees in August and September last year. Yeah. He gave up four runs in that inning against Toronto. You know? Oh, it was on one swing of the bat. Exactly. Like, that's what I'm talking about with bullpen, though. Yeah. That's how fast stuff changes. You know, Batanzas yeah. had a .42 ERA halfway through the year last year. And then all of a sudden in three weeks, it was at three. Mm-hmm. Well, and bullpen, goes- bullpens in general, they're very ERAs, especially are very, they don't tell the whole story. Like I remember mm-hmm. before D Rob signed with the white Sox with the Yankees, I want to say it was 2011 or 2012. He um, actually, or, yeah, it was one of those years, yeah. 2013, maybe he had a outing where against the twins, where he gave up like, five or six runs in the ninth inning when he was trying to close out a game. And because of that, his ERA was really high for the rest of the year, even though he had a really good season Yeah, and he had, he had a, a lot of really good outings where he just, he didn't give up any runs, but because of that one outing, his ERA ballooned as a result. 
and ERAs in general for relievers are something you can't really trust because of that, because they don't pitch as many innings. They don't. Also, another thing is if a guy, let's say, comes in with the bases loaded and gives up all three of those runs, but then gets hosed out, then his ERA looks great, even though he's exactly gone. Right. And the guy before him is mm-hmm. the one that uh, doesn't get screwed over from that. I, and I just want to say this real quick. I always thought that was so stupid in baseball because, look, mm-hmm. I got – and I, I know this is going to sound dumb, but I always thought it should have been like a half-run system where if you come in and give up a run and it's like if there was a runner on base and you go up that run, it shouldn't be your earned run, but it shouldn't be the previous pitcher's earned run either. You know, yeah. like there should be a healthy medium. So I, I don't know. I just always found that funny. Like, wait, you know, this guy just literally – like you'd see a guy come in to pitch and give up a grand slam, and wait, only one of those runs is his. I just saw yeah, exactly that call that went five hundred feet in the air. <laughs> but no, oh, yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, the you know the we never talked about the uh, brawl Wednesday, and man, that I mean, I was live tweeting the game, and boy, did I pick a good live uh, game to live tweet. <laughs> that was just incredible. The like it, you know, the, it all started with the slide, which. I mean, it was – I guess, like, if you want to call it borderline dirty. Uh, yeah, I would say stuff. borderline dirty. I'm not going to say it wasn't it was dirty a, because – It was just a good, hard baseball play. Yeah. Overall, which, which is, you know, a lot of times dirty. A lot of good, hard baseball players are dirty, but – I mean, yeah. the, the only person who knows for sure whether it's dirty or not is Tyler Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows whether he went out of his way to spike Brock Holt or not or whether it was just completely by accident. Um, but either way, it doesn't look good. Yeah, you uh, – you just go back and look at clips from either – you could look back at clips from five, ten years ago, but just the things guys would do to break up double plays. Mm-hmm. Just because that's what you're taught. Like if you're – you know you know you're going to be beat, you got to break up – you got to take out the shortstops or second baseman's legs and break up yeah. the double play. You know, you're not trying to hurt them. You're just trying to, you know, force them to not make a throw. Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of been taken out of the game almost. It, uh, because of uh, the Chase Utley slide in 2015. Man, that was when I was watching that live. Man, I, was, mm-hmm. I remember watching that live. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, yeah. So who knows whether it was dirty or not? But you know, Joe Kelly, yeah, he uh, he he was the guy, the sacrificial lamb. I mean, he was mm-hmm. the guy. Look, like Joe Kelly, it does it annoy me that Red Sox fans are now um, crowning this guy as like a hero and like, <laughs> they have all these like Fight Club Kelly. Joe Kelly Fight Club. Yeah. It's like okay, that that's a little annoying considering yeah. he like didn't even land a punch or just you know got ended in the fight getting in a headlock by Judge. But mm-hmm. you know, I don't like I don't have any problems with anything Joe Kelly did. Like if I were a Red Sox fan or if Joe Kelly was on my team, I would want him to do exactly. No, that. yeah, exactly. But, you know, it's, it's like because it, you, know, you have to put the Yan- like look, I'm a, like anything the Red Sox do as a Yankees fan, you could say f them, you know, screw yeah. them. I don't like that. But look, you have to look at it just from an unbiased perspective for it perspective for a second say everyone did what they're supposed to do exactly like that like if you, you can't be complaining about that brawl if you're a yankees or red sox fan because well you know who won the brawl or blah 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 who cares that was awesome like the yankees and red sox had a brawl the you know rivalry back all that like both the yankees and red sox fans could agree with that which yeah. is what i loved about it and that's what that's why i said you know, joe kelly he did what he had to do yeah right? no for for me i thought I, I don't have a problem with what Kelly did, but I just think the first pitch he threw to Austin was inside, but he missed. And I, and then the second pitch was what hit him. And I thought that was like borderline a little too much just because, you know, the first pitch, he obviously was trying to hit him. He didn't. And then he goes back out after, or he goes out after the game and says the ball just got away from him. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that was a little cheap. I thought oh, no. like, I was about to say, like, you might as like just kind of like Austin owned it. Like uh, when they asked him, like, oh, you know, you punched someone. He said, yeah, hell yeah, I knew I yeah. punched someone. But <laughs> yeah, like, you know, Kelly's obviously just trying to like reduce his suspension for a game. Yeah, exactly. Which the Red Sox probably don't want because he has like a nine ERA this year. So they probably want <laughs> for as long as possible. But yeah, he was like on the Bruins uh, Jumbotron last night for the, or, like the two nights ago. And he's, like, every, he's just like a hero. And, you know, good, <laughs> good for him. You know, good for Kelly. Good for. Red Sox fans thinking that he, like, that was, that was like, it wasn't like a great brawl in terms of like the actual brawl itself. But I mean, yeah. that was just, I think, look, there's going to be another one this season, man. It, it, like, it's going to happen. Oh, there's going to be, yeah, there's going to be something that happens between these teams. It wasn't going to happen that next game, especially with the lack of fight the Yankees put up against Porcello. Mm-hmm. But 
Yeah, it, it, just wait till the state. I think when the next the Yankees and Red Sox play in May 12th, I believe. Like mm-hmm. the second week of May, they play at the stadium. I'm not sure if we're going to get it then, but there's going to be some retaliation. I, absolutely. And there should be because, especially, you know, why I think there's going to be retaliation, not because of necessarily with the players, the whole Alex Cora thing. That yeah. was like, that made me almost, if I, I was like 90% sure that there was going to be retaliation after the whole Alex Cora thing and the you know, reading about having, that was like, oh man, there's, there is going to be retaliation. No doubt about it. Yeah. And all I know is I know who I want on the mound when mm-hmm. that comes. And it's his name is CC Sebastian. <laughs> <laughs> like that would just, just have CC hit someone right in the back and just drop his glove like right away. First yeah. Time. CC versus Brock Holt. Let's go. Yeah, so, you know, something to talk about that uh, Yankees Red Sox. Oh, CC Brock Holt, man. Let's <laughs> talk about that Yankees Red Sox series. Um, three disappointing performances on the mound from our starting pitchers: uh, Gray, Tanaka, and Sevy. Sevy all look bad. Like Tanaka. Okay, Tanaka. Tanaka was the one guy that almost had a good start. You know, if he doesn't, he allow, made he made exactly. one mistake. Mm-hmm. I know to it's Martinez, so easy to say this. Him. If he doesn't allow that, if he gets out of that inning clean, you know, okay, he's, it's mm. a decent start, two earned runs. But yeah, that would he he did the absolute worst possible thing you could, yeah, which was you know, I mean, hang I a hit, split or I think it was a splitter to JD Martinez, and Martinez didn't miss it. And that game, it was the second time this season that Tanaka's had a stretch where he's just gone through the lineup mm-hmm. like that one two like he I think. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, these numbers are probably one or two off, but I believe he retired 13 straight in that. It one was some, it was something and like that. Yeah. In this past Red Sox game or in his last start, I believe he retired 11 or 12 straight. So both starts, he's just had kind of three, four inning stretches where he's just can't touch him. Mm-hmm. So that's very, that's very encouraging to see. But yeah, he really had like no fastball command. Yeah. That night, and you kind of noticed it even when he was through, you know, going through his 12 up or 12 in a row stretch. Like I kind of noticed. I said, man, his command is off tonight. And you yeah, you, you were almost like sitting back because the Yankees had such a big lead. And you're like, ah, whatever. But then once you hit that grand slam, you said, oh yeah, the, his command is off tonight. Yeah, mile per hour fastball right at the right in the uh, wheels wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. And no, and the thing with Tanaka is that he's he's such a finesse pitcher now, and he throw like if he's living at the bottom of the zone and throwing everything like two seamer fastball bottom of the strike zone, he's unhittable. Mm-hmm. And that's when. You know that's where he was his the two stretches he had, but the second he hangs something right up in the zone, that the hitter's not gonna miss that. Yeah, which is why he gives up so many home runs. Like he's given up, he gave up two in that game, one to Hanley, one to Martinez, he's and then there's the home run in every, every start so far. At least yeah, one. yeah. And then there's the one um, like that Adam Jones hit where if you look at it, every. The entire night, he's throwing low in the zone, just pounding the corners, and then the pitch to Jones was a slider that just hung straight in the middle of the plate. So he's he's a he's he's frustrating, but he's also when he's on, he's so good. But against a team like the Red Sox, who had who they have a really good offense, they've been hitting really well this year. It's you can't make a mistake like that, especially to a guy that can hit it out with the base loaded. Um, I'm on f- fan graphs for Tanaka right now, and there's some interesting uh, stats. At first, I was looking at the velocity because I wanted to find out what his fastball below was so far this year, and right now it's at 91.3. It was at 92.2 last year. Still a little bit too small of a sample size mm-hmm. to be worried about that. Yeah, he's only had but three starts. The thing I noticed, and – He's only throwing fastballs this year 22% of the time. Hmm. That's interesting. That, and last year he was at 27.7. And it's actually gone down each year. He's He came in 40.6% in 2014, and now he's at 22%. So he's just throwing – he's just trusting that fastball less and mm-hmm. less and less. And I, I it really is, like you said, like when he – like because when he's locating and he has command of that fastball, like even though it's only 92, 93 – nasty you know he's, yeah it's a great pitch but he, you really like look a guy like Seve can make a mistake with his fastball and it could just look like a dominant blow by pitch mm-hmm. up in the zone it's not yeah. he can't do that he, he really can't and it's just the reason why he gives up so many home runs because he just yeah. misses with the fastball or misses with the curveball it's just just the the meatball 
Well, and if you look at his if you look at his first year in 2014 when he was throwing, you know, 96, 97 before he had the uh, the UCL injury, he could get away with mistakes like that because he'd be blowing hitters away, but after his injury, he's only throwing 92, 91, 93. And you can't get away with mistakes when you're off speeds going, you know, 85, 86 miles an hour instead of 90, 91. Wow. At, at, so the velocity of his pitches are a lot or is a lot of what has to do with the amount of home runs he's given up the past few years because his pitches are a lot slower and you can't make a mistake like that he is throwing this year so far he is throwing his slider and his splitter close to 75 percent of the time yeah like that is that's just that's insane yeah yeah Three out on pretty much three out of four pitches he throws, it's going to be a slider or a splitter, and I think it yeah. just really shows you that he his the confidence in his fastball right now is just not there, and I'm not sure if it's coming back. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, in all honesty, I I have high hopes for Tanaka this year. I think he's gonna, yeah, I think he's going to be like I like how he's looked so far. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to be giving up too many more grand slams because like I always say with Tanaka, <laughs> I don't mind his whole home run problem because first of all, he plays in Yankee Stadium. Uh, yeah, you're gonna give pitch, up home runs. Most pitchers that pitch in Yankee Stadium are gonna give up some home runs. And yeah. Second of all, usually when you give up the home run, it's so weird. Like it's usually just a solo home run. Like I swear to God, ninety percent of the time, the, it seems like the first home run he gives up the game will be a solo shot. Yeah. And he'll just give up the solo shot, and then he'll get like the next reaction. Like, all right, whatever. Yeah. Because yeah. look, the thing with solo shots, I'd rather got my pitcher give up a solo shot than have a thirty pitch inning where he has two walks and like one cheap base hit. Yeah, that scores are wrong. Exactly. I've seen a lot of his starts where even though he's given up two home runs, he's still 75 pitches through six innings. Mm-hmm. And he can still go innings. So not, I don't think there's too much to worry about Tanaka. Um, you know, I, if his – like I do need I, – I think I do need him to throw more than a fastball 20, 22% of the time though. Yeah. That's a little low. Um a few other things. Uh, let's, yeah, I'm going to just announce this. Uh, I think this was announced Monday morning that Glyber Torres has been named the International League Batter of the Week. Um, right during the week in 10 games, or I'm not sure if during the week or the season, but he's hitting 385. He's 15 for 39, has a homer, 10 RBIs, 564 slugging, five runs, a couple doubles. So Glyber Torres doing pretty well. He is. He's he's impressive. And you know who's not doing well? The current Yankees second baseman, Tyler so, Wade. Yeah. So, um, look, I uh, I think I tweeted out. I'm not sure if it was Sunday or Friday or Saturday. I'm not sure when it was, but I said, look, as soon as Glaber Torres can be called up to the majors, you got to do it, and you have to either bench or send down or whatever you want to do with Tyler Wade because Tyler Wade. I, he cannot be starting for this team anymore at the moment. I mean, maybe hopefully next year, years down the road, maybe he improves, but I, I really just, and it's such a sticky situation because you feel like if you send Tyler Wade back down, I'm not even sure how many options he has left, but if you send him back down, he's just, you almost know he's just going to rip, right? Mm-hmm. Like we, we know he's a great triple a hitter. Yeah. But it, it's just the medium where it's like, ah, oh, he's, he's going to hit, close to 400 at triple a but he's literally hitting not even 100 at the major league level mm-hmm. and what's his career average counting back to last year it's very bad and it's getting yeah. to the point where it's like hey now you're getting close to 100 at bats it's you know you're giving your digging yourself like we always say you know you like the blue jays did last year when they just start off the year one and nine it's not like they were that bad of a team but when you dig yourself in that big of a hole it's really hard for any team to get out of it and when you're tyler wade and you start off your career with that many at bats and that few of hits it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to get that career average up. and that's not the whole goal of his career is to have like a great career batting average but it definitely is something other teams are gonna look at and say Ugh, this guy is mm. 175 at bats and only 18 career hits this guy can't hit like whoa, whoa we're not training for this guy so I, and i said it in the preseason i said it in spring training i always call it spring training preseason like I, I said it in spring training that look, I'm not putting Tyler Wade as my opening day second baseman until he proves that he could hit at an MLB level, and yeah. he has not proven that. So, yeah, Alex, are we? Bo- so I think it's safe to say that are we both on the call up Liber 
Oh like, yeah, no, I'm all for calling up Glaber. I think, I think 90% um, of the fans are. I haven't found too many Yankee fans that don't want to call up Glaber. I don't Once can't imagine starts, there's anyone yeah. that would. Oh, I can imagine. I've seen Yankees Twitter. I could definitely imagine a few people that uh would yeah scoff at the Glaber Torres coming up to the bigs. But he's he's not going to come up until I think Thursday yeah. is when his uh service time clock resets. So that's when he would be called up. So we just have to you know survive three more. <laughs> Four games set against the Blue Jays at home mm-hmm. that weekend. So that we have to survive crazy. three games of Tyler Wade, or two games, or whatever. But um, yeah, the thing with Wade to me, it's hard for me to believe that he's hitting, you know, so poorly and doesn't have that many hits this year, just because his like three hits that he has, they're kind of memorable. I was about to say that he he's all of his hits are like important hits. Like, oh, that was a big yeah. RBI single. That was a his big first RBI hit double. of the, his first hit of the season was a two run double in Toronto. Um, he had a RBI single on in the home opener, and I don't remember what his most what his third hit. Now, was. now that I have uh, Tyler Reed's stats in front of me, I just want to read them off. Uh, in his MLB career, 98, 41 games, ninety eight plate appearances, ninety at bats. 12 hits for a 133 average and a 204 on base percentage. That is not an ideal start to your career. Yeah, that's that's rough. And you, you really, you feel bad for the dude because, you know, it's tough. I mean, he's still mm-hmm. 23 years old. I mean, he's still pretty young. Yeah. You know, he's just turned 23 not too long ago. He's not going to be 24 till the off season. You think of guys like Tyler Wade or, you know, young guy, like a couple years younger than Judge, you know. Yeah. Even though they all kind of came up at the same time. But yeah, it, uh, like it, <laughs> like it just makes me laugh because there's so many Yankee fans out there, and I'm almost starting to join their fan club. It's like, look, I cannot watch Tyler Wade anymore. Like mm-hmm. he's three for thirty-two, and you can't blame them. You really can't. I mean, no, and I'm I'm one where I he gets, has an offer. Yeah, no, and I'm one where I want like I want him to have his opportunity, you know. And not everyone's going to start out like how Sanchez did, by hitting you know twenty home runs in your first fifty games. But he just – he looks lost, and it's really – it's almost sad because I, I'm i a big fan of Wade, and I think he, he has the opportunity and the potential to be really good. But he just he – he has the chance now to be the Yankees' second baseman, be, and he just – he cannot hit at all. He looks lost, and you see him. He, he swings at everything now. He's not even working the count where – Last year he worked like he walked five times. I think it was last year, which I you know, was not. Ninety-eight plate appearances, eight walks. Yeah, I've said this before. Look, when you're struggling hitting, you have to work that count. You have to get on base, yeah. especially with a guy like Tyler Wade who has speed, who could be an asset on base. You, you exactly. On, you have to get on base more than what twenty times in your uh, ninety-eight plate appearance. Yeah, you got to get on base a little bit more than that. Yeah, no, you have to. You have to get on base. And, and the, the line for me, and I'm. My brain is so scrabbled right now. I don't even know what, what, whether this was Tuesday, which Red Sox game it was. But when he had that, I think it was Thursday's game. When he had that throw to the plate, that was just, yeah, that was it. I mean, look, somebody like that was a that wasn't a mental error. It was a physical error. Whatever, like, yeah, I don't care. If, I don't even call it a physical error. Physical error. That was awful. Like that. That was that was a. Was, I think, I, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't Sandy Leone running home? Like someone on the Red Sox was running. I, home, we, was, I think it was like Leon or Moreland. Yeah, it was, it was somebody really slow, guys. somebody not fast, and he literally yeah. just like barely even set his feet and just one hop. Like, and this almost sounds stupid. I wouldn't even have been mad if, let's say, he short hopped Gary and like the ball kind of just like ricocheted off. It's like whatever. He missed yeah. that throw by like a couple feet, a couple more feet up. That's a perfect throw. He, he missed that throw by a good he ten that feet. Throw by five, ten feet. I said, like, okay, that's it. You know what? Like, you can't hit, and now you do that, get out. Like, out, out. Yeah. No, okay, the worst <laughs> thing about that, that was people blaming like Sanchez for that play. Oh, yeah, no, of course. There's always going to be people blaming Sanchez for everything. But yeah, yeah that was the, like that was kind of the point where I was like, okay, maybe Tyler Wade, like, he, maybe he does need to get out of here. But yeah. Look, I don't mean get out of here is because there are some people that say Tyler Wade sucks. Like, oh, wow, Tyler Wade's so bad. Like, he mm. sucks. Tyler Wade is not good right now. Tyler Wade, like, see, so many people, and I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm tr- gonna, I'm not gonna go on a rant here, but so many people will just say this player sucks, and you know, oh, this guy's awful. There's just such a difference between saying a guy sucks and oh, this guy sucks right now, or this guy's yeah. been awful of late. You know, Sanchez, no, does not, Gary Sanchez does not suck. Gary Sanchez sucked the first 10, 12 games. Absolutely, yeah, no, he, he struggled, awful, but he was not, he's not bad. Exactly, it doesn't define his his 
caliber, his status as a baseball player. So yeah. Or and there's and there's people that say like Wade is not MLB caliber. He's not going to be an MLB yeah. player. Which right now, yeah, he's not. He is say, not MLB could, ready. It could, through, it could come to fruition that way. Just never. It never happens. Of course. Yeah, but, it, could, yeah. it could happen. I'm not saying it couldn't. It couldn't happen. But but more, it's, you exactly, can't. It's you more can't so just it's, judge it right now. It's like, not. He's not MLB caliber. He's not exactly. MLB ready. Look, look at Didi as a perfect example. His first few years with the Diamondbacks, he could. He really could not hit at all. Mm-hmm. He was not that great. And then, you know, he gets traded to the Yankees. He was okay his first year. And then all of a sudden, he's one of the Yankees' best players. So you can't, you really cannot judge people based because they have they have skills. They're in the majors for a reason. Another another example of that is like Justin Smoke, where mm-hmm. he was he was a it was first round pick and he was not good his first few years with the Mariners and then gets traded to the Jays was was okay. He had power, but didn't really do anything. And then last year, he just broke out and was really, really good. Mm-hmm. So these guys that have all these potential, you can't judge them based on you know a fourteen game stretch where they're bad. Even if they, even if everything they're doing is really bad, mm-hmm. you can't judge them based on that because yeah. they still they they have the skills to be really good. They're just not using them at that moment. Yes, and another guy you can even look at is the most obvious example, the most popular player in baseball is Judge. I mean, yeah. look, Judge obviously he was a first-round pick. He was a very highly touted prospect, but he wasn't a guy that was – like you, you look at prospects like Chris Ryan and Harper, who it's literally from the time they're 15, 16, 12, like, oh, yeah, this guy is going to be an MLB all-star. He's going to hit – like, it's no questions asked. Mm-hmm. Judge wasn't really one of those guys. Sure, he was, you no. know, Mr. Athlete everywhere, but, you know, he comes up in 2016 – uh, hits like round 180 or whatever the batting average he has saved in the notes of his phone. You know, he, yeah. he's bat here, he strikes out half his at bats, blah, blah, blah. Comes into last year, no one was touting him to have a big year to win rookie year, like nobody at all. And all of a sudden, he comes and hits 52 home runs. And now this year, he's looks like he's picking up right where he left off. So, yeah, you just never know with guys when, when a guy's going to make that 180 and just go from being just a up and coming prospect to a fixture on a team's uh, lineup or exactly. So yeah, I think Tyler Wade, uh, really not like, I'm really not sure what the Yankees should do with him, whether they should send him down or they should just bench him. Like, I yeah. don't think they're going to bench him because I don't man, think they'd bench him. I think if they Therese, were going to, Therese has been mashing. I mean, Therese, mm-hmm. is, Therese is just reiterating and proving that point that, Hey, I'm the utility guy of this team. Mm-hmm. And something else I want to say about Therese isn't it crazy that Therese is only 25? Like, yeah. I Doesn't Therese just look like a guy that's 33 and has been in the league for 10 years? Yeah, he does. Because I, I remember, like, last, at the beginning of last year, like, when someone said Therese's age, I was like, wait a minute, Therese is 25? <laughs> like, so Therese is technically, like, quote unquote, like a, ba- like a baby bomber. Like, he's just, like, technically, just, like, around yeah. the same age as most of these guys, you know? And, like, you know, like, he's probably younger than Judge. Like, I, it, absolutely blew my mind when i found that out last year like i yeah. always like you just look at Torres and you're like oh this guy's been in the majors for eight years on five different teams yeah exactly <laughs> but, yeah Torres, he's just he's i mean i think he had three hit night in detroit mm-hmm. um oh he's been fantastic yeah, this he's year been, he's just been fantastic I think he's and there's a lot of there's a lot of people out there that just like they think they don't know why Torres is still on the team because you know the Yankees have a better option tyler wade who has more potential and stuff or and then the, you know i'm I'm a big fan of uh, Tyro Estrada, who's in AAA right now. But Torres right now is such a good utility infielder. He's not he's not a starter. We've seen when he starts, he can be decent, like when he was filling in for Didi last year. But he also he has no power at all. So and he swings at everything. You so know, his at bats when he's not hitting, they can be re- they can be brutal oh, because yeah. they're just they're over like that. But He's such a good bench player where he does his job. He has pretty decent defense. He can play anywhere. And he's even like the third string catcher. And he hits. Like when he hits, he gets three or four. He when he's on a roll, he can get three or four hits a game and you know, two singles and a double, maybe. And he's he's a very valuable person to the team. And I, when I was watching, like, just the condensed footage from this game, it was the Tigers uh, broadcast. And I, I don't know who was in the Tigers booth, but 
he's, he just had such a great point and such it was so simple about Torres. He goes, man, this guy doesn't miss fastballs. It's yeah. just so true. Like when Torres gets a fastball in the zone, like he is swinging. Like he is yeah. swinging, and a lot of times he gets a hit. I mean, he hit close to 300 last year, and you know, I know it's obviously still early on, but just like another guy, just like I said with Judge, just picking up right where he left off last yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, I'm, I'm the utility guy in this team. You know, I might piss off some Yankee fans because I play too much. <laughs> That, that was the whole thing with Torres. I, mean, a lot, I understand like this year we have injuries and last year we had injuries. And like Torres probably played a little bit too much in the field. I yeah. get that. But like you can't be like mad at him. Like, oh, this guy Torres sucks. Like, look, he's a utility guy for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not in – like if you get mad at him if he was supposed to be an everyday second baseman or shortstop, but he's not. And- if he was pegged to be the Yankees' everyday second baseman, then I can understand. But he's the utility infielder. He's and not I'm, going to play every gonna, day. And I'm going to say this now because I know this might be like early to change. Because I said in spring training that like I don't think Torres would be on the team at the end of the year. Meaning by on the team, I meant on like the postseason roster. Like mm-hmm. he'd still be like in the system, obviously, but he just don't. He, like, he wouldn't be invited as one of the 25. But at this point, I'm like, wow, I'm an idiot. Like, Torres <laughs> most for sure. Let's if he keeps this up, he's going to be on the postseason roster. Yeah, but, but you know, Alex, I don't even think the Yankees are going to make the postseason because they suck. Oh, the, this team is trash. Seems awful. <laughs> Magic being is bad, but um, you know, I I've said this a few episodes ago. The Yankees better win. I mean, I know they might not play this game tonight or probably tomorrow against the Marlins, but let's just say they hypothetically that no more games ever get rained out in the history of everything. Mm -hmm. Um, The Yankees better beat the Marlins both games, and they should probably win that series against the Blue Jays because I've read the schedule before, and I'm going to read it again for anyone wondering what the Yankees schedule is. So, you know, after that two-game little set against the Marlins and four-game set against the Blue Jays all at home, then we have a we host a four game set at home against the Twins, the team we played in the wild card matchup last year. Solid team, solid start to the year. Okay, then we play a three game weekend series in LA against the Angels, who have been very good. Then we play a four game set on the road against the Houston Astros. I think we all know the caliber of them. After that. It's a three-game set at home versus the Cleveland Indians. And then we get to take a break with a three-game set at home against the Boston Red Sox. So to review that real quickly, that's Twins, Angels, Astros, Indians, Red Sox. That is brutal. Like that's, that, I'm, that, I'm not even going to lie. That is absolutely brutal. Like the first time I was looking through the schedule and saw that, I, I had to like recheck the schedule three times. Because I could not believe I said, man, the Indians and Astros together, that's rough enough. Yeah. Having to play the Astros and Indians seven straight games, like if you go three and four in that stretch, you, you take it and leave. Yeah. I mean, that's, and I know that's, you know, almost like pessimistic thinking, but man, especially when four of those games are in Houston. I mean, mm-hmm. a four game set on the road in Houston is brutal. And yeah, even like the one team that didn't make the playoffs out of those four last year is the Angels. And, they're what 13 and 3 right now. I mean, yeah. they have Otani, who looks like the next Babe Ruth, I mean, the Japanese Babe Ruth, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. No, and this is this is brutal just because these these those five teams right there, even the Jays, those I are even the Jays are pretty the Jays are no slouch. You know, the the those six right there are you include the Yankees, those are the seven best teams in the American League. Yeah. And I I don't think it's a competition. Like maybe throw in I don't know, the Mariners are maybe decent, but Blaze. like. <laughs> oh, we're like, the best, not worst. Okay, go on. <laughs> yeah, no, that? but it's it's such a difficult stretch where if the Yankees can get through that, those that's 19 games right there. They need they need to win both against the Marlins, but if they can go, you know, 9 and 10 in that 19-game stretch, I would take that. Honestly. Look, you, let's just say you beat the Marlins both games. Let's say you take three out of four from Toronto. Yeah, that puts you at twelve and eight, I believe. Right? Yeah, because seven seven now. Yeah, so yeah. That, yeah. So you go into that stretch twelve and eight. You could you have some room to drop a couple games, which you know, exactly. obviously you never want. But yeah, they. I mean, it's gonna be it's tough to be concerned with your playoff position. Um, because once that stretch is done, it will be May eleventh, that Friday, and still, um, even at that point, there's still. Some you're barely into the summer yet, but yeah, no. But the it, thing is, like you, we've seen 
games early on, they don't mean as much, but they still mean something. Like in 2016, the Yankees' first month of the season, they played awful. They were, I think, 9-17. and 17, mm-hmm. And then the rest of the season, they played at a playoff level. Like, exactly. It's, it's like uh, that old with pace. the DJs all the time. But you start yeah. off 1-9. Like, that's that's a hole that you might not be able to dig yourself exactly. out of all you, year. Like, yeah, it, it looks bad. Your first 10 games of the season, you lose 9 of them. But it's early on in the season. That's bad because you need to make up those 8 games. And those are those are 9 games right there that you cannot – come back from those are nine losses you cannot come back from because there's, there's so two it's a things lo- you always have to be concerned about baseball that's how many games back of you are of like the first place team and yeah. how many games above or below you are 500 because mm-hmm. no matter at what point of the season no, if you're 12 games below 500 you are 12 games below 500 doesn't exactly. matter if it's april or july or december you, you're 12 games below 500 is bad and if you're yeah. 12 games above 500 that's really good no matter what exactly. point of season it's at so yeah it's just going to be tough for them to, you know, to be ho- hopefully they get some guys back in those series. I mean, according to the Greg Bird's uh, mouth, he will be back in May. I'm not <laughs> sure if he means May 2018, May 2019. I'm not sure when he means, but it would be nice to have a actual. Because look, I, Neil Walker's done a great job, but um, you know, I, I need a first baseman. Uh, yeah, like an actual first baseman back out. There. No, it's it's actually funny just because Neil Walker has actually been a pretty decent first baseman. Yeah, he has. I mean, he's been – he has not hit at all. Um, but he's – it's not hard to – like, you haven't really noticed defensively Bird's absence because Walker's actually done a pretty good job. And, I mean, Bird's no Mark Teixeira, but he's a pretty Bird solid first baseman. Yeah. We, we were spoiled with Teixeira, though. We're not going to have a oh, first for a while. But Yeah. Um, Aaron Judge uh, – before we get into end the show with the overreactions and looking at the Marlins, uh, Aaron Judge has a hitting streak on, and just I think it's just a lot of people were saying that this year he was going to try to focus more on just you know solid contact, maybe not hit as many home runs. And so far, those people look smart. I know he yeah. hit homers last year in September, so you know you never know when he could just go on a tear and just smash that home run total. But as of now, I think I think my prediction I had for Judge this season was around like 290, 38 homers and like 115 RBIs. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. Right. Well, we will yeah. check back in, but you know, three homers so far. It he, almost, he looks it almost really sucks. good. It almost sucks. You think of yourself, man, judge probably would have hit a homer this weekend against Detroit. Like, Oh almost, yeah. That see, that's I would almost be happy, like not happy, but man, if we were playing, I don't know, the Astros or the nationals or the whoever we were playing, if they were like a really good team for a three game set, Mm-hmm. And it got rained out two of them. You say, oh, well. Oh, well. Sucks. But it was the Tigers yeah. who had just been swept by, I forget who, but they had just been swept. Like, I think it, was the Indi- it was the Indians, okay, I think. It was the Indians. But, yeah, the Tigers are – I think at the beginning of the year, the Tigers were the one team I noticed that because there's a lot – this is the year of the tank, the MLB, right? Yeah. Like, you knew the Rays, you knew the Marlins, all those teams were going to be really bad. But the Tigers were the one team. I was like, oh, they're going to be really bad too. Mm-hmm. Huh. And then you just kind of think about it. You're like, yeah. Hey, they don't have anybody. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, um, and it, it kind of sucks now because they're playing them in a doubleheader to make up those two games in in uh, in June, which now that means the Yankees are going to have to fly to Detroit, play a doubleheader, and then fly somewhere else. Yep. So that it mm-hmm. it doesn't it really t- does not help the Yankees even if they're playing the Tigers and they win both games, that's going to tire them out a lot. Because it's not easy to go from having a day off, a travel day, to having a double header. Yep. Um, well, let's um, really quickly look at the these two games. Hopefully, that they will play against the Marlins. Um, I'm actually going to check Yankees PR right now to see if they didn't send out a tweet of the game because <laughs> there is a chance of that. Happens, yeah. But oh man, I really hope we play the game tonight. Because have you seen the pitching matchup? It's Caleb Smith. <laughs> our good old pal our good old pal caleb smith who um, in uh spring training yankees faced him they i want to say they scored five runs in the first inning yeah, off him. Um, he's so he's really three, not good yeah three starts this year with the marlins uh, 13 and third innings 11 hits seven runs two homers 10 walks 19 strikeouts doing 13 and third so he's got the strikeout pitch gone but yeah um you know caleb smith was a guy that made me quite like 
Caleb's when Caleb Smith, who did he pitch against in that game? It was the, it was the Twins, right? It was in Minnesota. Yeah, it was like first start, and that was the game that I think I realized. I said, "Man, Chance Adams must really be struggling." That this guy's making his like first start before Chance Adams. Yeah, and yeah, he just like you know, you you really hate to just almost say, "Oh, this guy's not good," but you know, when you see a prospect in the Yankee system come up and he just really didn't didn't wow you in any area. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, well, he yeah. never was really a you know a highly ranked prospect. He was oh, no, he was good in Triple uh, A, but then the Yankees brought him up, and he was just kind of very very mediocre. Like I remember, there's one start in uh, Seattle where the Yankees had him start, and he threw I want to say three innings, like the or the first three innings he threw really well. Fourth inning started, and every single one of the Mariners batters was on him, and he could not get anyone out, and like. That shows he's not – he's just not great because he can't get through – he can't go through the order a second time, which you can't do that. You're not a very that's, good starting that's, pitcher. That's, that's, that's a problem. Yeah. That's like being a point guard in the NBA saying, oh, I really don't like to pass. <laughs> Got some bad news. But, yeah, so uh, Sevy is supposed to start today or tonight, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um Hopefully he could bounce back from that yeah. uh, poor start against the Red Sox. What, well, I would hope he would be able to because perfect candidate to bounce back against. Yeah, exactly. Marlins lineup that's not been good. Um, and then the pitcher for the Marlins on Wednesday night project or Tuesday night projected is <laughs> when I was doing research before the show, I saw all I saw was Jay Garcia, and I'm like, wait a minute, I, Tiny Garcia is not on the Marlins, is mm-hmm. it? It's Jarlin Garcia, who was a. Uh, Relief pitcher for the Marlins last year is a lefty from the Dominican. Really didn't have too great of numbers. Uh, 4.73 ERA out of the bullpen last year. Um, he's making his second career start tonight. He had one start earlier earlier this year. But, yeah, I mean, just two, guy, two guys really the Yankees are facing that are kind of borderline minor league MLB mm-hmm. pitchers. So... You know, when we say we really hope they get these two games in, but we're just re- really not sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I think they win. If they play both, I think they win both. I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> they need they, need they need a few to rattle a few wins off before yeah. going on this streak of, you know, really, really difficult games. And like the ticket prices, because like you know, just probably gonna get rained out. Like you could get tickets for so cheap for the Yankees game tonight. Oh. Yeah. And Tanaka starting for the Yankees uh, tomorrow night projected. So, I mean, that's one positive thing about the uh, the rain delay, right? You just kind of you don't have to worry about CC being uh, hurt. You just kind of say, oh, uh, yeah, CC start just kind of got skipped. Yeah. Um, a few other. Uh, News and notes around Yankee world. Uh, Jace Peterson elected free agency in lieu of accepting an outright assignment. So good luck to Jace Peterson. The Yankee legend. <laughs> the top reply is just from, <laughs> you know, I love Yankees Twitter. The top reply is from this kid's name is Brian Cash God. And it just says end of an era. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, when does his monument go up? Yeah, just great. And also, uh, the Yankees, this was before, uh, I believe this was before yesterday's planned game, that the Yankees, they optioned Luis Sessa to Scranton, and they outrighted uh, Shane Robinson to Scranton. So, yeah. Must be really nice to be Luis Sessa right now. He's told he's going to start on a Sunday, and then all of a sudden game gets rained out. Yeah, you're going back to AAA. <laughs> yeah, back, back to Scranton. Sessa. Yeah. Doesn't it? Doesn't it feel like Sessa has like I mean how many options does Sessa have left? Like he can't have that. I wanna say, I wanna say this has gotta be his last like, one. Come on. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> he's gonna option a triple A like eighty times. Like mm-hmm. it's like every other week. It's like Sessa pitches three times. Like prior to today's game, Luis Sessa has been optioned a triple A. Well, and like last times. year he would always he was when he would be the long reliever, you know, he'd go he'd have like a three inning outing and then the Yankees would send him down yeah. and bring someone else up. Exactly. Like he would just be pitching out there like knowing that he has a Fresh and clean bus ride. Yeah. Morning. All the way to go. Um, yeah, so let's end the show with um, an article that was posted this morning by our very own Spencer Schultz. Uh, go follow him on Twitter. He's a really good writer. Well, he's you know a little young, but he's got, got some good writing skills. And we're just going to go through some of these uh, 
early season Yankee overreactions. Um, we'll go in order. First off, Didi Gregorius is a top three shortstop. Is that an overreaction or is it justified? I would say um, Spencer says it's an overreaction, but not far off. And I would say right now he's obviously one of the best shortstops in the game um, based on his numbers right now. But yeah, I would say it's really not that far off because you have players like Correa and Lindor and Seager, who I would say are definitely the top three. Um, Seager right now is not really ha- is not having a good start to the season, and Correa and Lindor have been pretty good. So that's I think why Didi is considered to be the uh, third best. But before them, Correa, Lindor, Didi, Seager. I think those four right there are the best four shortstops in the game. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's really hard to say Seager isn't one of the best short when he's had a three. He's had a three hundred career average. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the reason I put Seager above Didi, and the, there's many reasons I could put them above, but the fact that Seager's on base percentage is decent, and I like that's the one thing. If Didi, like, look, Didi to start this year. Is he's walking right? Yeah, he's, no, I'm, he's I'm, he's actually I don't like have his on base percentage like... in front of me, but I know he has a really good on base percentage right now. Yeah, so look, if Didi could be a guy that has the same average, but instead of having a three eighteen on base percentage like he did last year, let's say has a three eighty on base percentage, that exactly. would for me put him into maybe that top three. Maybe put him yeah, he, as his on base percentage this year is four thirty three. Yeah, that's. I mean, look, I don't expect him to keep that up, but you know, I expect him to be better than three twenty mm-hmm. last year. Really no, the, the, the thing that really that. stands out with Didi is that last year he walked 25 times total. 2016, he walked 19 times total. This year, in 14 games, he's walked 11 times. Yeah, because it, it, it really, the first few walks, you kind of said, wait, what's happening? But now it's to the point where, yeah, Didi's working walks. It's, mm-hmm. it's definitely something he's most likely looked at and said, hey, why am I? Because he still does it, right? He's, Didi still had a few different games this year where he's had four at-bats and nine pitches. Yeah. But, you know, that like just he, I think he's starting to realize now that because look, it happens to you all the time in baseball. Sometimes you look at that first pitch and you say, All right, I'm going to be patient. And all before you know it, it's 3 0. And yeah. that's happened to him a few times this year. And he's, yeah, you, when you, no matter how good of a hitter you are, I think Judge is kind of teaching and showing us all of this. No matter how great of a hitter you are, no matter how much power you have, always take a walk. You exactly. Always, like, that, that doesn't mean you look for walks, but hey, anytime the pitcher wants to give you a walk, take it. Well, and with the lineup that the Yankees have, they can afford to have Didi get on base with walking and not uh, hitting or anything because the rest of their lineup has potential to drive him in. It's not like in you know in 2013 when a team would walk Cano because they knew they had Vernon Wells on deck. This time, the Didi batting cleanup. You have Sanchez on deck. You have you know uh, Didi batting or yeah, you have Sanchez. You have uh, Walker, who, you know, hasn't been great. But you have all these other guys who can really contribute. So that's why it's a lot, you know, you walk, it's not the end of the world. It's more so even for me, the people in front of him. Like after mm-hmm. facing Judge and Stanton and all these, and even Gardner, those especially with Gar- those guys give you most likely tough at bats, specifically yeah. Judge and uh, Gardy. And let's say you get through those three guys, or one of them gets on, that you get the other two out. But let's say you're through 20, 25 pitches. Even with Didi up, Didi up, you're gonna try to get ahead of that, with that first pitch, and a lot of times he's gonna jump on it and he's gonna make you pay. Exactly. Didi hitting fourth or fifth is just a perfect spot for him. But let's move to the next one, and that is that the Yanks need starting pitching. Is that an overreaction or is that justified? As of right now, I would say that's a bit of an overreaction. Um, I agree. Solely because the Yankees have had injuries. Like, CeCe was injured. And this early in the year, the weather has been so bad. Has it? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think so. There's been, there's been a little bit of rain. Yeah, a little bit of snow, a little bit of rain. That the You really cannot judge any pitching right now because pitching in 40-degree weather is not easy. It's It's miserable. So as of right now, it's I don't think that that's a huge overreaction. If it's June and their starters numbers look like they are and Gray's only going, you know, four innings, giving up three, four runs every time, 
and Tanaka is going six innings and he gives up a grand slam the sixth inning every time, then I would say there's a there's cause for concern. But right now, there's there's no uh, point in worrying about the rotation yet. Yeah, well, my hope that Garrett Cole would suck and the Yankees could possibly <laughs> get him has completely gone out the window. Yeah, Garrett Cole has like Garrett Cole has literally been one of the best pitchers in baseball so far. Yeah, see that yeah. now that's the big that's the biggest thing right there where people are thinking, oh man, the Yankees really should have gotten Cole because he's had what they think it's three consecutive uh, eleven strikeout games to start his career with the Astros. Which yeah, that would be really nice to have for if he was on the Yankees. But he's not going to keep that up. He's not that type of pitcher. So I think the fact that he's started off so well, that really adds to the uh, overreaction. But he's not going to be like that the whole entire year. Yeah, I agree. Um, Next one. Dallin Batantis is no longer an elite relief pitcher. Is that an overreaction or is that justified yeah no that's i think that's justified right now we talked about this before where he he doesn't know like he's been like this for a while for a bit now where he's not dominant anymore and in say 2014 2015 first half of 2016 if he didn't have control of his pitches he'd be able to he'd be able to still strike out guys and still get outs but now he he can't and last year it was the walks where he just walk everybody if he didn't have control and he give up ones walk in runs and this year it's he everyone's just bombing every single pitch he throws so and the fact that if he still was walking everyone this year i think it'd be, there'd be even more cause for concern but the fact that he really overcorrected there's still a chance he might be able to right the ship and return to a decent uh, reliever. But, no, yeah, I think that's perfectly valid right now. Yeah, I agree. Um, you really can't call him an elite relief pitcher right now. He's just anything – he's anything but. And it's just – it's such a shame because, you know, Batanz is a guy that grew up in the Bronx, grew up in the bleachers, just he, – he's been he – really, he's been a part of this bullpen for longer than anybody uh, maybe has, who's spent more time with the Yankees? Warren or Batanz? Whatever it may be, Batanzas has been part of the Yankees for a long time. Yeah. He's four-time All Star. He's done great things for us. But yeah, you know, starting you're right, starting in kind of like that second half of 2016 where he took over the closer role. I mean, it just got very. It got. He's been. Subpar. It's been brutal, and he was really good at the beginning of last season. Uh, we had a stretch of like one run in 22 innings. And then after that was when he kind of fell apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Batances, I think not being the elite relief pitcher anymore. Very validated. Fourth one, the lineup isn't as good as we thought. Is that an overreaction? And I'm just going to yes. say, yes, it's an overreaction. Yes. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, I- we've had, there've been injuries, Stanton's yeah. struggling, to, adjusting to New York. There, There's a lot of reasons the lineup has been, Hasn't been as great, and give it. You know, you give it time. Uh, wait for Bird to be back. Hicks is already back. Um, Drury is on the DL. A lot of people are injured. Give it time. The Yankees' uh, offensive potential. And will just think of it. Show. Like you could obviously talk about the injuries to Bird and Hicks and all these guys, but let's just go further to a guy like Billy McKinney. Like mm-hmm. a guy like Billy McKinney, like probably would be hitting better than Jace Peterson or Shane Robinson. Exactly. Like Clint Frazier, right? A guy like Clint mm-hmm. Frazier would probably be hitting a little bit better than the guy, the, Yank- the guys that the Yankees have had in the outfield. So yeah, they just have so many injuries. And the, the Drury injury, like I, I'm almost forgetting about Drury because, you know, it's just such a weird, that's, that's one of those injuries that kind of scares you, man. Like that's one no, of yeah. that he could when be I out heard, for the whole year. Like the, when you know, I heard that, like, had that, those concussion problems, I like, just didn't know it was, yeah. he was just out. And that yeah, happened no. a lot. I mean, it happened to Sidney Crosby in hockey. I mm-hmm. remember a few years back, it looked like he would never play hockey. Like it was a good stretch of over a year, I believe, where he just wasn't playing hockey because yeah. so, you don't mess with like concussions or vision or the brain or anything like that so mm. yeah. no especially like when i heard he's been having like the migraines and blurred vision for like yeah, the past that's... six years or whatever it was yeah that's that's, that's scary and i don't know so... jury's background whether if he played like football or other like, mm. high contact sports but yeah it's something you definitely have to watch out for but yes yeah stanton 
is going to get going. Hopefully he gets going against his former team the next mm. couple of days. Um, like we said, there's two guys starting that are both I mean, look, both like when you face two guys that are both, you say to yourself, Hey, these guys could be in triple A like next like by the end of the year. Like there's no yeah. these guys aren't like MLB pushes where you know you face guys. Like, look, even a guy like Chris Tillman, as bad as he is, like, he's still an MLB pitcher. Like, you still know exactly. he's not going to be trip. Like, when you play the Marlins, like, oh, wow, this this guy we're pitching, if we rip him enough, he we literally might – He's going to get down. sent down, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's definitely an overreaction lineup. I think we already saw how just one guy coming back and Aaron Hicks boosted the lineup. And that's not saying that every time. If, when Bird mm-hmm. comes back, he's going to have a two-home run game, and whoever comes back is just going to have that immediate, immediate of an impact. But – I think it just foreshadows that this lineup is going to be fine. Yeah, exactly. And let's say, the, and especially with if we have Gliber coming up and he continues to mm-hmm. uh, be Gliber. Um, the last one is the bullpen overrated. Now, Spencer for this one said, "Give it time," which is kind of a cop out. I'm calling you out, Spencer. But <laughs> I'm going to say, yeah, I think this bullpen is over. And I know that might sound like an overreaction, but I mean, in I thought this was the best bullpen in baseball. And so far, it's they they don't look like. It. And I know it's just like a lot of the season ago, yes. But like if this, okay, like let me put it like this: if this bullpen ends up being the fourth best bullpen in baseball, then I think this bullpen is like overrated because I thought they'd be like the best bullpen in baseball. If that makes sense, you know? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So like that in terms of that, that's why I'm gonna say like, yeah, they are overrated because I thought this was gonna be like this gonna be like a video game bullpen. It is not like that. So, you know, I'm, a, I'm actually going to go along with Spencer's uh, verdict of give it time because this is this goes along with the article I wrote the other day about the bullpen where D- um, Dellen and Canely, they, they, they have their own problems right now, but if they can fix them, then they have a chance to be back to, you know, their, their dominant selves. Like Canely was really good last year. Dellen has had years where he's really good. They had, they had, there's, all hope is not lost with them. Oh, um, and with D-Rob and Warren, overall, I think their struggles have basically just been luck and or being unlucky and the weather and just having it being early in the season stuff. Um, so, yeah, just give it time. If the bullpen still is struggling in a month and a half, two months, then, yeah, I think the bullpen really was overrated, but it's a li- it's it's too early to judge the bullpen, especially with, um, you know, it's it's fourteen. We're f- again, we say this a lot, but we're fourteen games into the season. Anything can happen, so we give give it time. I I hope, I feel like they will. I hope that it'll straighten itself out eventually. Yep, we. That's all we could do is hope. But yeah, those are the Yankee rea- overreactions we had. To begin the season, but once again, that was by our own very own Spencer Schultz. Um, and yeah, that's our show. That's that's all we got today. Hopefully, the Yankees have some baseball to play tonight. Um, the game scheduled for six thirty for whatever reason. I thought it was scheduled for one o'clock. I guess that was just because of the past two games that were scheduled for one that didn't get played. <laughs> but yeah, any uh, final thoughts, Alex, about life? As always. Anything? As always, Yeaters. Yep, uh, Yeaters. Uh, I can't. I just can't get over the fact that if these two games against the Marlins get rained out, it's like that's going to be. I mean, technically, it's th- like technically we've gotten three games rained out because they scheduled mm-hmm. the doubleheader, but it's really you know technically only two because there's only one game scheduled for Sunday. But yeah, man, if we get games rained out against the Tigers and then the Marlins and then we have to play the that stretch. Phew. That, that's we're, just, we're, it'll yeah, be rough. That's, yeah. That, Cause that's really, that's what I'm like. That's just what I'm worried about is the fact mm-hmm. that man, we're getting these rainouts aren't coming against teams that won the division last year. Yeah. You know, to say the least. So yeah, we'll see. We'll be updating you on the Bronx modern ball Twitter about any weather delays. If there's a game, we'll be live tweeting and yeah, that's all we got. So we'll see you guys next time.